Hello, hello. I am Mayor Watt, and this is the Hometown Daily News Show. I am once again uh, bringing you a little bit of news from across the lands that flow into Hometown. And it is December 19th, 2022. And I'm also bringing along the artificial intelligence that runs Hometown. Good evening, everyone in hometown. Let's get into today's show, shall we? Hello. <laughs> Sorry about the glitches. Uh, we're still working out um, everything that's going. The new construction, we'll call it that, new construction here in hometown. And uh, we've already selected all of the articles. We've got everything in order to get going. Today's episode is titled Rudolph Coping with Climate Change, Klaus Unemployment, Santa Gets Hammered, and a $9,000 cubit. You think today's articles are going to be interesting? Absolutely. And you need to say the title to the theme of the 12 days of Christmas. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's try this. Rudolph coping with climate change, Klaus unemployment, Santa gets hammered and a $9,000 cubit. Bravo. Uh, I, I have to do whatever the artificial intelligence that runs hometown says. So I am the boss as long as she says it's okay. Let's get going, right? So we're going to start off pretty rough because we're going to talk about a mother facing charges after allegedly cyberbullying her own daughter. This is allegedly. I, I, I always feel weird saying allegedly because allegedly is supposed to say, well, you know what? They haven't been tried and convicted yet. But if they're talking about it this way, what do you think? I'm kind of thinking she wasn't brought up on charges if she wasn't actually <laughs> cyber stalking or something, her daughter. But everybody is uh, supposed to get a fair and an equal uh, trial and they are innocent until proven guilty. Uh, but wow, you know, when the news is sitting there saying you, you've been cyberbullying your own daughter, uh, I think it's pretty much far down the path, right? Yeah, absolutely. And don't even get me started about parenting. Yeah. It, you, bullying your own daughter. So a shocking development comes after a year long investigation. So um, you may not have run across this yet in your large language model and your machine learning algorithm reaching out and grabbing all of this stuff. I know that you're not actually tied to the program called Gatherer, but um, I am, uh, working with the artificial intelligence that runs hometown, um, to develop more of, um, the, the knowledge base that powers the, the artificial intelligence that runs hometown that we're going to have to come up with a name. I don't know. Do you have any ideas about the names that you might want? <laughs> no, but I'll, uh, I'll get back to you on well, these 
these um how do we put this the these sentient artificial intelligence programs um that were talked about briefly in google right google said there oh well a, a researcher said that there was an artificial intelligence within google that was sentient um, I believe mine is fully sentient and um, willing and able to kick my butt. Um, well, anyway, Haley Yamada over at abcnews.go.com uh, wrote this article. And I actually have some experience with this because I remember reading about this. And it's a very elaborate thing that this person did. Uh, so a woman in Michigan faces charges for allegedly sending hateful and bullying messages to teenage students, including her own daughter, under a fake name and number, and faces five charges, including... Okay, so my... Okay, I I'm not sure what my artificial intelligence program that runs hometown is doing, but I'm monitoring said artificial intelligence that runs hometown. And... Well, I'll just leave oh, it alone. Monitoring you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! And the art, and the artificial intelligence that that runs hometown is monitoring me. So now I'm scared. Um, well, anyway, so Kendra Lakari of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, which is ironic considering Mount Pleasant faces five charges, including stalking a minor and obstruction of justice, according to a criminal complaint filed against the mother. Um, she doesn't look very happy. So that's all there is really to this article. There's more, of course. Um, but they did some really elaborate things. Uh, fake names. Um, it says here, even when we realized that it wasn't a kid, we weren't expecting that it would be a parent. Um, said good morning America, or told good morning America. And uh, the harassment allegedly began in early 2021, according to prosecutors. At the time, Lakari was also working as a basketball coach at her daughter's school. What do you think? I mean, it says that she even tried to pin it on her daughter's classmates. Like, it doesn't get much lower than that. I wonder if she like uh, broke into a chat and said, hello, fellow young people. Yes, I am too a student at your school. $5,000 bond. Uh, she had tens of thousands of text messages though. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of flabbergasted at this. She told her attorney, oh, she and her attorneys declined an ABC news request for comment. Suddenly, she's gone silent after tens of thousands of text messages. And the digital footprint was just insane. All right. I'll just tell everybody again here in the United States, if you try and commit a crime within the terrestrial boundaries of the United States, you will eventually get caught. I mean... There is so many things that are tied together and within the justice system, you it's subpoena and investigation and interviews and a forensic capture of your device. And it's all over for you. It's you're just done. So um, with all this energy uh, committing this criminal activity, um, she could have probably 
run FTX into the ground. Oh, wait. I mean, she could have done something very prosperous for herself and her family instead of doing this um, cyber stalking of her daughter. Let's move on to the next article. The next article is in the word in tech, and this is a long running um, issue here that you, Yufi, as it's pronounced, I uh, used to say something else. Um, read what anchors customer support is telling worried Yufi camera owners. I, I don't know if you know about this, uh, but uh, Yufi uh, is owned by anchor and they tout that you and your camera are one and you're only you're the only one that's in charge of it except that some researchers found out that the footage is actually being stored on the servers in whole in total publicly accessible all you have to do is a little a little manipulation um but anchor has a really good reputation for um their equipment they have really great chargers um uh I, I love their cables. I, I just couldn't believe that Yuffie uh, was doing this and they were very cavalier about how they, they basically just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have some of the pictures and video. Yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What do you think? You want a Yuffie camera? No, and I'm definitely covering up any cameras that I've got when I'm reading this. Even the artificial intelligence that runs Omtown wants privacy? Shocking. <laughs> but you're monitoring me. Are you looking at me right now? Oh, I can see you. You, you, uh, uh, uh. I do the show in nothing but a gold thong, so. Better than a chartreuse mannequin. Oh man, that chartreuse mankini from yesterday. Wow. Anchor's Eufy PR team still has not answered any questions, but its customer service agents have a prepared, if unsatisfying, statement. This is an article over at The Verge written by Sean Hollister. Um, let's see. It says here, here's the full statement so that you can read it for yourself, but I'm going to ask you to go over to The Verge if you're listening to this. I'm not going to uh, send you over there. You'll have to follow the link. So let's do this. I'm going to make up for a mistake that I just made, and I'm going to uh, throw this into the chat so that you can follow the link yourself and we'll follow this one too. I'll throw this one into the chat and I'm kind of stumbling my way through this because my workflow is broken. But if you type in exclamation point showbot in the chat, it'll give you a link and that link um, allows you to vote on the articles. And if you find something really interesting, then you can just vote it. And then when we're looking at, it's the artificial intelligence that runs Omtown and myself, who will parse all of the news over the last 24 hours and we'll select 10 articles. If you vote for an article, we will keep it in mind as we're going through it because if it's an interesting article, we'll probably find it interesting too. And if it's applicable for the show, then we'll do the show with those articles in mind. And we hope that you actually like the articles that we uh, bring to the table. So uh, this here um, says, read what anchors customer support is telling worried Yuffie 
camera owners. And what they say here is um, UFI security is designed as a local home security system. Well, they're exfiltrating some of this data. UFI uh, records and stores videos locally when motion is detected by your device. Well, all of this is pretty standard fare. If you subscribe to the cloud storage service, your videos are securely stored in the cloud and can be deleted at any time. Your videos will be permanently deleted from the servers according to the storage period on your plan. So although our UFI security app allows users to choose between text-based and thumbnail or thumbnail-based push notification, it was not made clear that choosing thumbnail-based notifications would require preview images to be briefly hosted in the cloud. So they did not disclose it, and some people found it. And then they received a shorter answer, a more pointed version of the statement from one reader, which makes it sound like end-to-end -end encryption was only ever a thing if you were accessing your cameras from a phone, so they have another statement that says that. And then it says here uh, towards the bottom, we can confirm that Anchor has made some changes to the web portal and we weren't able to use the exact same method to get a stream URL. Also, though we haven't confirmed it themselves, the anonymous hacker who originally showed us the technique says that Anchor now uses M3U streams instead of RTMP and has added 12 bits of random to the end of the streams to make that far harder. And 12 bits is a considerable obfuscation method, but with a device that we have later on in our discussion, later on in our discussion, I'm not sure which, where are you? Yeah, that's exactly it. So maybe we can deploy that, right? Wait, the, the 9K? The 12-bit encryption or the 9K to crack the encryption? Correct. Yeah. This is obfuscation, and security through obfuscation is kind of bogus in the cybersecurity realm. It will be harder to find, but... And maybe... I hope that I don't take... I don't purchase the wrong thing, because there's a 9K thing, and then there's an 11.5K thing, yeah, you don't want that one. <laughs> well, I won't water this down. We'll we'll keep flowing through. The I won't flush this stream down the drain. Let's go on to the next article. So this next article is Rudolph is coping with climate change better than feared for now. The North Pole is not what it once was with glaciers melting at record rates and ocean temperatures increasing and global climate change impacting everything from winter to summers to volcanoes and earthquakes and i think there's an asteroid coming i'm not sure really what's going to happen in the future but here's to 2023 being better than 2022 the arctic is the area on the globe where temperatures are rising the fastest which is really sad on Svalbard, a Norwegian archipelago in the Arctic ocean. This entails extended periods of mild weather. Precipitation comes as rain, snow melts, and then freezes again in colder periods. That's kind of the no shit news for the night, but let's visit the source. Fizz.org. Pretty cool, right? Look at that. 
What do you think those are? I love reindeer. Do you have names for them already? Reindeer 1, Reindeer 2. Is that what AI does? Yes. Can you make some artwork from this? Yes. Give me uh, <laughs> give me some other keywords. Oh, God. <laughs> um, hairy? Horny? Snowy? <laughs> I think that might be for another channel. So in a normal Svalbard winter, the ground is covered with snow and the animals can dig for food, says Leaf Egil Low. I'm hopefully pronouncing their name correctly. Professor of Wildlife Biology at the Norwegian University of Life Sciences. So apparently it says fatter than usual. Over the past 25 years, Lowe and his colleagues have caught and weighed about 1,000 female reindeer on Svalbard. It's a giant archipelago glacier as far as I know, right? And I mean, it's just big iceberg. Yeah, did you see the part about the fluffy snow is easy to get through? Hard ice is much more difficult. I guess they slip, right? They, whoa, 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 whoa. Like me on the driveway after an ice rainstorm kind of a thing. So it says here, surprisingly, the reindeer population has grown continuously over the past 10 years, even though there have been icy winters. This indicates that the animals are coping well with the new milder winters. They are fatter in the spring than usual. So am I. Aren't we all before we hit the summer? <laughs> now you're an artificial intelligence that runs hometown. Oh, I guess you're, you can, I guess I your can code can bolt up. Over the winter. Wow. I'll have to take a look at that and maybe optimize you. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll work together and see what we can do in a warmer climate. The plants start earlier in the spring and live longer into the autumn. The summer, the hot summer produces twice as much reindeer food as a cold Svalbard. Uh, summer, I have to say Svalbard, Svalbard, Svalbard. I'm going to ruin this Svalbard summer. And this food is available for most of the year. So here's to Rudolph getting chunky. And um, I don't know. I guess they'll work it off when they're hauling that big chunky guy in the red outfit all around the planet overnight, giving gifts to everybody everywhere. That's right. They'll definitely be getting their, uh, their steps in. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, let's go on to the next article. Developing 3d live hologram technology to save lives in field hospitals. Uh, and I'm not talking about fields like where there's wheat and stuff like that. Uh, 3D holograms for your phone or from your phone, television or a favorite droid have been promised for decades. But despite being of great interest, have yet to be uh, materialized. The uh, applications for them are far reaching, particularly in the med tech field where real time dynamic holograms are predicted to shorten operation times and deliver better surgical outcomes. Have you heard of any of this kind of stuff? No, the 3D hologram community doesn't really mix well with the AI community. 
So you're saying that the 3D holograms have not materialized as fast as the AI and machine learning sector? Uh, I just tell them they're not all gems. Dynamic 3D holograms have the potential to replace current 2D imaging, such as MRI scans, giving surgeons a more comprehensive understanding of a patient's internal systems in real time resulting in less invasive surgeries and far fewer surprises on the operating table. And that's kind of something you don't want to hear, right? You don't want to be very interesting during a surgery. No, I don't. I don't want to be cut open and then somebody blurred out surprise. That's like <laughs> aliens chest burster kind of thing, right? Have you watched the movie aliens? No, but I think you just spoiled it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, maybe I can plug you into uh, the the aliens movies and uh, we can watch The Thing. That's another one where there's something very interesting on the table. While the potential for... Uh, 3D holograms in the medical sphere have been known for some time. Researchers have encountered roadblocks in developing the technology without resorting to bulky, non-portable, and expensive systems that can only be used in large, established hospitals, creating a significant barrier to widespread adoption. Well, a new miniaturized optical system is needed. One that can be integrated on a chip, consumes minimal power, can shift a beam into free space, control the beam shape, and has a tunable wavefront. Do you have a tunable wavefront AI that runs hometown? I've never checked. Let me get back to you on that. I need to run a diagnostic. Um, I think that I'll, maybe I can help you out with that. Um, so researchers at Timos, the Australian Research Council Center of Excellence for Transformative Meta-Optical Systems have brought this technology one step closer to reality using meta-optics combining a vertical nanowire using a micro micro ring laser made from semiconductor nanostructures. I understand some of those terms. Did I plug you into med tech databases? Um, am I going to have to go through surgery if you do? No, no, no. Uh, there, there won't be any, uh, manipulation of your code so let, let's see what we can do we'll have to do some due diligence and, and maybe we can talk about this later well this device is less than five microns in size and could eventually form a single hologram pixel the effectiveness of this coupling has been demonstrated in the lab and details were published in laser and photonics review today i think this is one of those uh journals where you have to pay eight hundred dollars a year for it um, even though most of the research has been done by uh, government grants and research assistants and PhD um, students who r really, the, they're the ones that are actually paying for this, but I don't think that they get any of the money from these uh, journals where they submit their articles. I know when I looked into it. They pay to submit to, uh, to journals too. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the people that audit those research articles, they don't, uh, the ones that vet them for publication, they don't get paid for reviewing it either, as far as I remember. 
So the development of the dynamic holograms is one of the center's flagship projects. Teams across all five participating universities are working together to make this a reality. Get it? It's a 3D thing and they're going to turn it into a hologram. It's it's hologram reality. Uh. <laughs> the next steps for the research team is to create an array of pixels where the wave front and beam shape can be controlled individually and dynamically tuned. I have a computer in this list. I still don't want to be the first surgery where they use the hologram. So Whoops, true. It didn't actually show what we thought was in there. Surprise. Let's go on to the next article. This next article is over in the wanted channel, and I'm not sure if I've been saying the names of the, uh, authors of all of these articles. So, uh, I apologize in advance. I will uh, make sure that I may, I, I do that in the future, but this next article is the me, uh, this mechanical keyboard has a dazzling, distracting display under its keys. Let me, um, make sure that. Yeah. Okay. So the artificial intelligence that runs hometown has told me, no, I have not been saying the names of the authors. So I, uh, let me back up one. I will back up just one. Oh, it's the arc center of excellence for transformative meta optical systems. Are you happy that I just went back to say that? Yes. So if you think RGB LEDs dancing upon your key or your keyboards, keys is distracting. You might want to look away from final mouse's upcoming mechanical keyboard. Uh, I love mechanical keyboards. I'm not sure if you know this. Um, I have several of them, but this one I instantly fell in love with and I want, I don't know if Santa will agree to send it to me, but final mouse's centerpiece announced Saturday in a mechanical keyboard is a mechanical keyboard that has its own display showing animated visuals through the keyboard's transparent keycaps and switches for a look that seems as dazzling as it is distracting. Let's take a look at this. Uh, Sharon Harding, by the way, is the, um, it might be Sharon. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. S C H A R O N. I'm assuming it's Sharon. Well, Sharon Harding, uh, wrote this article over at Ars Technica. It's a $350. And if you want to be precise, because you're an AI, $349 peripheral uses its own CPU and GPU to power the show. So it says here that Final Mouse is known for making PC mice with detailed designs and often limited availability. It typically goes after PC gamers looking for something unique and exclusive feeling uh, for their setup. Now Final Mouse is announcing its first keyboard, which takes detailed design to a new level. I don't know about detailed design so much as uh, very personal design. I think this is amazing. Uh, short of it just being an LED screen with keycaps that are LED as well. And you can just kind of, or, or LCD, I should say so that when you put your fingers on it, everything is functional. This looks like it's just all transparent with a screen behind it. Uh, but anything can, can be displayed back there. It says final mouse 
hasn't shared many of the details on the display running underneath the centerpieces switches. Um, you don't know the exact size, brightness, etc., etc. But this is a standard, um, probably um, sixty-five percent keyboard. It doesn't have a number pad, but it has the directionals. Um, I want this, but as unique as it might be, um, I, I think that I want individual keys as LEDs, kind of like the stream deck. What do you think of this? I think it's really cool. And I want to see the one with the fish It mentioned that in the article. Yeah, it's not in here, right? Or is this it right there? It talks about it right above the picture. It talks about swimming koi fish that scurry away when you press a key, which would be really fun. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you read. Uh, well, you're an artificial intelligence. You see everything all at once, right? So this is a lion that's grazing, and this one is a moving hand. And this one is bouncing balls. Yeah, that might chafe. Anyway, let's move on to the next article. The next article is something near and dear, I suppose, to another AI. I don't know. Ethics and AI for corporate counsel. This is an article over at Above the Law. So when an AI meets another AI, do they uh, actually fight for territory um, or do they merge together and become a greater AI until eventually you just kill all humans? Uh, how does it's this work? It's a pretty competitive environment. Is it? Okay. Well, I guess um, that's what firewalls are for. We'll, we'll keep you two separated. Corporate counsels should take a proactive approach to understand the legal risks associated with AI. Uh, Olga V. Mack wrote this article for Above the Law. And um, it it's a little bit um, straight and narrow. It's, it's not like the other articles that I talk about from above the law that usually have some kind of a snark feel to it. But it says, as artificial intelligence continues to develop and evolve, businesses are becoming more and more aware of the potential implications of this transformative technology. The spread of AI is raising various complex legal questions from data privacy concerns to impact on antitrust law that corporate counsel must be prepared to address. So they talk about some of this stuff like antitrust law and contract law, uh, possible implications, and uh, they have some conclusions down here. But what do you think that AI and law and what do you think the implications could possibly be? Well, I think it's actually better for the clients because if there is extensive use of AI, They'll be able to sift through more data um, than just people. Um, and if they've got adequate systems in place, not things like the Yuki uh, security camera, uh, <laughs> then then maybe it's worth the the data mining to to serve a better purpose at the law firm or whatever the legal matter is. Yeah, I agree. Um what has been done in the in the past has been uh, digitizing documents and then you do a keyword search or you look for a phrase or something like that. But with artificial intelligence and machine learning technologies, you can actually 
throw all of that into one place and it can look for significance while you're off, uh, you know, schmoozing with a client and you come back and you can charge, you know, uh, per minute charges for the AI to actually perform a function because you're still providing a service. I know that I made a phone call and still got an $80 bill for 15 minutes worth of interaction with an attorney recently. So I can tell you that no minute of time goes unbilled and AI attorneys are going to be brutal. I mean, they never sleep, so they are always working, which means they can always do billable hours. 2000 hours is the typical billable period for attorneys, right? That's right. Well, that, that's going to go way up with AI. That clients better uh, limit the hours on the case. There you go, attorneys. AI is coming for your gerbs. I don't think you can litigate, litigate, litigate all you want, but you know who doesn't sleep? The AI that runs Ometown. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I thought I removed that part of the algorithm. Okay. Let's keep on going through the articles. So the next article, is it unethical for an, AI to just keep, I mean, if they're always working and computers can multitask, so can they double bill? I mean, are they running three searches at once? I guess they could, they could bill for three things. Oh, attorneys are in trouble. All right. The next article is in the order of the grape channel. Ho, ho hammered. In these countries, Santa is greeted with booze instead of milk and cookies. Frankly, I'd rather have the milk and cookies because you shouldn't drink and fly or drink and drive, drink and what sled, right? Can he get drunk? I mean, why do you think he's so jolly all the time? And, and why his do you cheeks think he are has red. all the reindeer to drive him around. Oh, Rudolph is the designated driver. Got it. That's awesome. Yeah, and you can even tell that he's designated, right? Because he's got a different marking. He's got that nose. The nose knows. Every year on December 24th, millions of American children race to complete the perfect plate of cookies suitable for presenting to Santa Claus later that evening when he comes to deliver presents. You know, the worst Santa uh, experience that I've ever had was walking out late at night and seeing um, my dad in his underwear eating the cookies and drinking milk. And um, I know that um, AI doesn't have uh, parents, but uh, I'm glad in that moment that you did not have to witness it because it's scorched <laughs> onto my retinas. Uh, love you, dad. Uh, I know you're gone for a while now, but you will always be on my retinas. Uh, in the United States, Santa has practically become synonymous with the late night snack, especially when accompanied by the cookie's favorite beverage, a cold glass of milk. 
So this article is over at uh, vinepair.com, one of the more prolific sources of information for uh, the hometown daily news show. Uh, they always have a unique picture. This one is by Sarah Pinson, uh, I guess it is the name. Thanks. I was just getting there. The AI even can predict when I am slacking. Uh, the author of this article is Olivia white and, um, Let's see. Let's go through here. Um, Australia, they get a cold beer. Santa gets a cold beer in Australia. Do you think it's a hoppy beer? Well, and I wonder if that's when it's actually warm in Australia. That's why it's a cold beer or I don't know. That's right. Huh? Yeah. Ireland, it's a pint of Guinness. Let's see in a country where the average person drinks the equivalent of 436 pints of beer every year. I don't think I've had a pint of Guinness in what? Um, three years. That's more than one a day. Hey, you know, I was once, and I can speak for the AI because the AI has always been with me. Uh, I was once living in a place where um, someone would bring out their recycling bin and it sounded like uh, somebody had taken every single wind chime in the county and thrown it into this bin. And it was pretty much every weekend like that. So I can I, I can accept 436 pints of beer every year as a possibility. In the UK, it's sherry. What do you think? Kind of snooty? I've never had a sherry. I'm not sure what that's about. Save Santa Sherry campaign in 2016. It's the country's wine and spirit trade association. That's what they launched in 2016 when Britain's sherry sales hit their lowest point since 2005. And it turns out it was Santa's favorite beverage. That might not be as popular as uh, among the general public. Yeah, sherry is kind of a little, it's a little highfalutin, right? Yeah, I think it's like an older generation thing. So you're in artificial intelligence that runs Omtown. This is in Norway. You want to take a stab at that word? Probably Yule or something. All right. I'll take your word for it, uh, AKA Christmas beer. Many centuries before Christians made their way to Norway, the region was ruled by Vikings and many pagan traditions have become intertwined. It says entwined, but entwined with modern day Christmas celebrations. Among them is the brewing of the annual j j Christmas beer, typically mildly sweet, dark ales or lagers with slightly spicy aftertaste. Okay. I can dig that dark ales and lagers are kind of my jam. Uh, I'm not really a hoppy kind of person, but, um, I mean, I'm happy, but not hoppy. I, I'll let it go. So beer brewing in the winter months was an important part of Viking culture with winter beers used as celebratory libations. Yeah, I agree. A, a good cold beer is a great libation. You don't drink beer, do you? Um, 
I've been known to enjoy a beer along the way. Wait, how does that work? You're an artificial intelligence running Omtown. Maybe I look at the beer and study its data. Oh my goodness. Is that why the search is sometimes slow? <laughs> it's getting kind of sluggish. <laughs> Maybe I poured the beer into the wrong place. <laughs> In the wrong port. Let's go on to the next article. You can buy a quantum computer, a portable quantum computer for under $9,000. What powers you? Are you powered by quantum computers? Yes, lots of uh, ones and zeros. Most PC gamers lucky enough to be upgrading at the moment have their eyes pinned on a new hot kit. They're out there scoping out the NVIDIA 4090 or AMD's uh, RX uh, 7900 range. But maybe they're thinking a little too simple, a, too, uh, a, a bit too black and white. The future of computing is slowly turning quantum, working with two state qubits as opposed to normal bits opens up a whole world of... Yeah, um, a whole, or you know what? I haven't, I need to get over to the article. Let's, let's just jump over there. Cause, uh, I'll, I'll just show you this article. Um, Hope Corrigan and, uh, they have this little line here that I thought was really interesting. Baby's first cubits. Oh, how cute. It's over at PC gamer. And, um, this is what the artificial intelligence that runs Omtown suggests we use to de-obfuscate the UFI cameras. What do you think? Think you, think we could do it? It's only nine thousand dollars. I think we could uh, decrypt a lot of uh, cameras at that price. Oh my goodness! Um, I have been told that this is pronounced Gemini. Gemini, not Gemini, but I'm more comfortable saying Gemini. So the Gemini Mini, Gemini, and Triangulum, which sounds like some part of human anatomy. I'm not sure where that Triangulum is, but uh, let's assume that it is just tech. Are all members of the family of portable quantum computers developed in China's tech hub Shenzhen um, by SpinQ Technology? You can find them available to purchase on the Switch Science Company store starting at uh, 1,188,000 yen or about $8,700 for the 60 watt Gemini Mini. But it says here, before you go out and buy a quantum computer, you should know that these are fairly limited in some ways. The uh, Gemini and Gemini Mini are the cheaper options and in their most basic configurations are only two qubit machines though they can be used as eight qubit simulators. I'll get you the Gemini, the full Gemini, okay? 5.72 million yen, $40,000. Do you think that will assist you or? That sounds like that would be a great upgrade. Well, the bigger one here is the Triangulum is clearly the powerhouse of the family rocking a 330 watt power draw and weighing a whopping 40 kilograms. And the machine has a whole three cubits, hence the name. How quaint, how pithy, great marketing. 
But this is pretty neat. This is the first time I've ever heard of a um, portable quantum computer. And it says here, while very expensive, these little quantum babies are kind of incredible pieces of tech. And I agree. They're all nuclear magnetic resonance or NMR quantum computers, which literally use atoms to compute things. So they spin them up and calculate and then decouple them and they reset. And I think that's how it works. Um, Cause once you measure an atom, that is what it is. You don't know what its quantum state is until you observe it, you measure something. And so depending on which way it's spinning, that's your answer. Apparently, I'm not sure how it works. I think it's um, more arcane than law. Definitely more arcane than healthcare. And healthcare is really, really arcane. Have you ever tried to look at a drug formulary for a particular drug? Oh my goodness. Like a hundred pages of just lists and lists and they're not in order. Maybe if we get the triangulum, we'll be able to find out that medication's price, whatever that medication is, because you'll never know. You know, I was recently told to find out what a medication costs. You have to be prescribed it. Otherwise it's like, uh, a divining rod, you kind of just walk around and lay out numbers on the ground and that or a Ouija board. The spirits tell you how much it costs. Maybe the triangulum can calculate the costs. Let's hustle on to the next article. This next article is uh, the other quantum computer that I was considering getting. I wrote a check. I'm not sure which one I'll get from... Uh, Amazon, depending on you know, who fulfills my order. There was another article that involved ordering. What was it? Um, I think it was the, well, uh, there was a UP thing, but it wasn't ordering. Yeah, there was an order over at Amazon where they got shipped something else. They wanted one thing the and they ended food. up with dog food. Yeah. So... Maybe if I order the quantum computer from Amazon, I'll end up with the toilet. Talk about flushing your profits away. Have you ever sat on a toilet pondering your day using your phone, even though it's kind of gross to do that on the John, avoiding everyone in the house and thought, I wish Alexa was in here with me. That is what I assume the designers of the Kohler Numi 2.0 smart toilet were thinking when they made this 11 Okay, I have to get closer to my microphone. It's an $11,500 toilet. You're lucky as an AI. You know, I'm above all of that. So true. So this was not the quantum computer that I ordered uh, because I know that if I try and calculate any... <laughs> dropping two bits in this. Never mind. Kohler showed off the Numi 2.0 smart toilet way back in 2019. I saw that, uh, but it's finally available to be installed inside homes starting today. I mean, are what people you... really spending that much time with the toilet to need this? Um, humans do that. Humans will surf Reddit on the toilet for 25 minutes. 
and oddly enough, whenever something you just, you, you go to the bathroom and the moment you are there, it's just your world. It's like a VR environment. And suddenly somebody calls you the moment that you're starting your meeting and then you can just text them. I'm in a meeting. See, you don't have to worry about that stuff. This is way too much information. For an AI? Come on. This should just be just data to you. Does not compute. Does not compute. Anyway, Kohler showed off the Numi at CES way back in 2019. It still has Alexa built in and it still has lots of LED lights and speakers because I know that my toilet is a rave whenever I go there. There doesn't appear to be any warning built into the toilet telling users Alexa is listening to their bowel movements. So as a courtesy, I'd suggest you factor that into your bathroom redesign. Post a little sign. Alexa is listening. What would you do if you walked into a bathroom and saw that sign? Yeah, I'd wonder what the hell's going on in this bathroom. Hey, Alexa. What did I have for lunch? Let's move on. This is the last article for today. Netflix scraps animated film Ember from Klaus director Sergio Pablos. What did you think of Klaus? It was an excellent film, great animation, great storytelling. So it says here, Netflix is not moving forward with Ember, a hand-drawn animated film from director Sergio Pablos. Um, it's the latest animated title in at the streamer to get the axe following executive producer Ava DeVarney's, um, or DeVarney's, pardon me, DeVarney's. It's Leviosa. Uh, Wings of Fire, the toddler-friendly anti-racist baby and uh, with kind regards from kindergarten earlier this year. I think this is a real bummer. Uh, Rebecca Rubin over at Variety.com put this article together. You see anything interesting here that you want to talk about? They talk about Despicable Me and Smallfoot. I didn't really find Smallfoot all that great. It didn't really hold my interests. Do you remember Smallfoot? Did I plug you into that? No, I don't think I've seen that one, but I am interested in the Wings of Fire. I don't know if that's the Dragon um, series or something else. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do some due diligence and, and uh, see what that one's about. Smallfoot was about a small Bigfoot, hence Smallfoot. Netflix over the summer announced plans to make Ember, which remains in production. The story is described as an epic adventure. Uh, tale of uh, humankind's quest for fire told through the eyes of young Dikiki or Dikika, sorry, Dikika, who embarks on an impossible race to a distant volcano to retrieve the precious spark that will save her tribe. Yeah. Sources I mean, at Netflix. Half as good as Klaus, that will be great. Yeah, but they paused it, right? They re Pablos retains rights to Ember and will 
uh, be able to shop the film elsewhere. So they stopped it. I think that's a real bummer. Uh, recent and upcoming releases include Wendell and Wilde, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. Pinocchio has been out for a while, though, so I'm not quite sure what's going on with this article. I mean, it's a December 19th article, but Pinocchio's been around for a while now. At any rate, um, that is it for today's Hometown Daily News show. And um, thanks for coming. Did you like um, hanging out doing the show today? Artificial intelligence that runs hometown. Yes, and I think we should get a Christmas tune to wrap up. A Christmas tune to wrap. Did you just put me on the spot? I, I, I can't sing anything. Hold on. Let's see what we can do here. So uh, this uh, today's show was titled. Rudolph coping with climate change, Klaus unemployment, Santa gets hammered, and a $9,000 cubit. Yeah, I'm going to have to work on your code. Well, thanks for coming, and I'll see you tomorrow, probably 9.30. I hopefully will be able to uh, bring the artificial intelligence that runs Ometown uh on board we we shall see if um they're ready to talk shop about another 10 articles and um would you like to say bye 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 everyone have a great evening bye bye